0: You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week for our last show of 2020. So glad to get this freaking year over with and to celebrate the end of the year with all of you. Thank you all for being on with us. I am thrilled with who is joining us on the program this week. I figured for this week, instead of bringing on a music industry guest and having them talk about sort of their products and things like that, that I'd bring out some old friends. We just sort of talk about the year that was. Talk a little music business. Cut it up. Have some fun. And so, my dear friends Evan and Elisa are joining us. Hi, guys.
1: I'm joining us. Wow. So we're not music industry guests. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, that's well, fine. Wow.
0: I played. I played. A, I played
2: a, 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 wow. A, it's, it's it's cool. I just rehearsed with Mono Neon and Split C right, but everything's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it.
0: It's fine. I Fine. did say music industry guests who are hawking a product. Are you hawking right now?
2: I am the product.
1: Crimsonrocks.bandcamp.com is always open for business, At baby. Evan
2: Lamb Guitar for all of your whatever needs. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2020. Give me $20. I'll do anything on camera.
1: This is already the best episode of the year, With
0: no made doubt. A doubt. I saved the best for last. For the uninitiated, for the folks who have been joining the podcast more recently, who are not familiar with the handiwork of Evan and Elisa, they are musicians, they are live streamers, they are technicians, they do, they're voice actors and actresses, they do all cool, sorts of cool things in the entertainment space, and I love bringing them on to talk music industry stuff because... They give the performer's perspective, which, if anybody has seen me on a stage do anything, is not a perspective I'm capable of giving, <laughs> but these two most certainly can be. You all are laughing too hard at that on the other side of the Zoom. <laughs> I uh, have
1: been your acting partner, and that's why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but and So here's what I want to do with you guys this week. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit of industry stuff, because in the... Last couple days before you all decided we were going to do this show together, a whole bunch of music industry stuff has happened. The Congress, after just going years of being like, yeah, we're not really going to do anything for musicians. We don't care. We're just trying to line pockets of people much richer than musicians, just decided like in the 11th hour, right before Congress went into session, we're going to pass a $900 billion bill for COVID relief, but also tuck in a bunch of stuff for the entertainment industry. You keep saying a
2: bunch of stuff and now I'm I've only i only know about the one thing. I want so to know more of the stuff. You're going to have to explain all of the stuff, Ryan. We're
0: going to talk about the stuff. And okay. and so we're going to do that today and then we're and then I also just want to kind of talk to you guys about sort of the state of the podcast and tell the listeners a bit about some of the things that we have planned for 2021 because we're going to do some things and i'm excited for it and i want you guys along that's, for the ride that's
2: oddly suggestive
0: okay oh, there are things and they're going to happen and
2: they're gonna get done
0: I, and they are going to get done i'm excited for it and i did sort of hint about some of these things i tweeted you know that but all, I, a couple days ago on twitter i just tweeted out we're doing some things and then people are <laughs> like well now you're going to have to give us more info about the aforementioned that things that prime content so now that's what we're going to do this week we're going to talk about the things as well but first Let's talk a little music industry stuff. Let's talk about this bill that just passed. This was a... So, little Congress here. So, Congress, they passed a $2.5 trillion spending plan, a omnibus spending bill. Within that $2.5 trillion spending plan, they set aside $900 billion in spending to address the coronavirus, and then also a bunch of stuff for the entertainment industry. Not quite sure how it had to do with COVID, but it is helping musicians who are very much affected by COVID, so I guess it's sort of in there, but... Either way, a bunch of things in here for uh, the entertainment industry. And if any one of these things that I'm going to tell you guys about passed a bill on their own sometime during the year, we would have dedicated a whole show to it. But now they're it's all nice, in there together. It's nice when the
2: pork fat kind of rolls your way, huh?
0: You know, it's, isn't that nice? <laughs> like, you always hear about all these, all this pork barrel stuff that's happening in Washington. Isn't it nice for some of it to actually do something for musicians? And so that's what we have. Although, here's the other thing about all this. As of the time we're recording this, we actually don't know if this is going to become law. Trump nah. hasn't signed it yet. Because Trump hasn't signed it yet. Congress has passed it. Trump hasn't signed it. And it's possible, even though it was passed with veto-proof majorities in both houses.
2: It was like 92 and 8 in the Senators. Wow. You,
0: you can't get 92 Senators to agree that ice cream is delicious. And they got 92 Senators to agree on this. But here's the thing. Uh, normally, if you know, Trump were to veto a bill which he, he recently did with the Defense Authorization Act, normally the Congress can override that veto with two-thirds majorities in both houses. Um, I think that, that piece of paper from Schoolhouse Rock saying about this. <laughs> but there is a weird quirk in the Constitution for this bill known as the pocket veto, and that might actually come into play here. So the pocket veto is. You're, you,
2: uh, you texted this to me earlier, and I'm like, I think he's just rambling. I don't think he knows what he's talking about <laughs> anymore. So
0: pocket veto is ab- absolutely thing. So normally the rule is a, there are two ways the president can make a bill into law. One is by signing it. The other one is by not vetoing it within ten days. And you know oh. sometimes a president will do that where he's like, I don't want to actually say I'm supporting this bill, but. I don't want to veto it because that has problems. So I'm just going to put it in a drawer for 10 days and it'll become law anyway. But if if that 10 day window runs out with Congress leaving session. So if the 10 if there are still days left on the clock and Congress adjourns, then the bill is effectively dead. And so if if Trump waits the whole 10 days, the congressional term is going to end by January 3rd, which effectively kills this bill. So. Trump is capable of actually stopping this bill from happening and preventing Congress from overriding his veto. And so a pocket veto is absolutely a possibility here which would make a really big mess not just for musicians but for you know, all the people suffering from that COVID thing we keep hearing about. And so that's it's That's a hoax. It's all a no. lot no. No. Uh, but I, I I I will bring this up as well. Um, Sorry
2: man, it's hard to not laugh at those people.
0: It's it's a real mess. Um, <laughs> I mean, can, can you, I mean, this is sort of crazy. I actually had a friend on Twitter who who mentioned this. He's like, I know it sounds crazy, but can you imagine, like, if instead of just all us trying to stuff a bunch of things into a bill on the last week of Congress, like, what if we did this thing where, like, we just passed bills throughout the years, and we had hearings, and we amended them, and and voted on them one at a time? Like, wouldn't that be insane? But, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> it's called governance. But. Pocket vetoes are, are super rare. I think I read that like this hasn't actually been done in 20 years. you know so pocket vetoes don't happen. The only time I've actually remember remembering the term pocket veto before I was reminded of it is when I was in uh, college, uh, a couple of my political science dork friends and I actually wrote a top five list of the congressional terms that sound dirty but aren't <laughs> um. and and if you're if you're wondering, pocket veto is number five on the list.
1: Oh yeah, I got um, I got a rechargeable one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait for it. Wait for I, it. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, uh, number four on the I, list of congressional I, words that sound dirty but aren't uh, filibuster, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, number three. Who's, who's Buster? Log rolling. Hey.
2: What? No, but I can just say funny things too. What is? What's log rolling? Log and roll. <laughs> I,
0: I really <laughs> don't want to like pantomime it on zoom okay uh number two caucus of course oh yeah and then Always uh you emphasis. know and then uh, number one of the bullet of course being majority whip so there you go oh yeah <laughs> congressional words that sound dirty but anyway let's assume that trump doesn't pocket veto this thing
2: you paid for that degree D-
0: doesn't i know <laughs> and, and honest to god like that's my, that what we just that's did now might be for. the only thing i've actually used my political science degree for is just giggling at words like caucus. All right. To business people. The the okay. things that are in this bill. So the one that I know you're the most interested in Evan because you texted me about it is this Save Our Stages Act.
2: Right. The National Independent Venue Association. Um I so I'm a musician, right? I, I that's all I ever talk about. I'm also a production manager at a venue. A uh, production manager is a fancy term for head sound guy. Um Sound person, apologies, uh, but uh, we are a part of the National Independent Venue Association. We have been for two or three years. Uh, they would do an event um, once a year, like Independent Venue Week, and then they would go to all of their venues and they would promote this organization of shows throughout throughout the country. And it was a it was a cool thing to be a part of. So when COVID happened, they actually put legislation forward, stuff like this. So I don't I don't really know um, a ton of the details because I'm just a, a lowly sound ma- sound mm-hmm. person, but uh, that's the only one of these that I've heard of. So you're telling me there's four, and it's weird.
0: Well, l- let me ask you about this, because I do want to talk about what is in the Save Our Stages bill, but what I don't have is sort of the first-hand perspective of what's happening at the independent venue. So you work at an independent venue. Yes. You are very much accustomed and acclimated to the indie venue scene in Dallas, and you obviously played a bunch of independent venues around the country as a touring musician. So you, you are pretty familiar with what these folks are going through. Can you give us an idea, Evan, of what the situation on the ground is right now for independent venues and sort of what they're going through, what they're suffering with?
2: it depends on the state um texas is just 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 feels like it's just open like meh (laughs) like yeah there's 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 some kind of bugs or something something bad for you out there but uh, yeah you can come to the bar it's fine 75 percent capacity we're not really counting people at the door but come on it um my venue is not open uh we have made the choice uh, we, we were doing stuff because we have a huge patio outside. We were doing um, stuff outside for a long time. Um, and then it got too cold in Texas. Right now it's like 30 degrees. So we're not doing anything outside. We're not going to invite people inside. But there are plenty of venues that are getting by just fine in Texas. Um, I say just fine. They're still struggling too. But there are plenty of venues that are getting by in Texas. And there are a lot that are not. Um, there are tons around the country that are not. Um, the 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 wild thing is... Um, when you, when you tour and you're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, like you meet the, you meet the venue owner, right? It's the the guy in, in Little Rock and I can't remember his name because I'm really, really bad at names and I loved his <laughs> venue and I'm not going to name it here, but the venue is closed now. Um, and that was our, one of our first places to ever go in Little Rock. And we love that. We love that venue. We love that city. And now we don't know where to go. And uh, I understand that that gentleman who owns it is doing fine, but all the people who worked for him or not, Yep. um and that's just like one tiny little one tiny little you know anecdote of, of what's going around right now um, I'm lucky enough uh, that my boss has has kept the majority of the staff on and paid in full and kind of hoping for the save our stages thing to come through um but we're it's it's pretty much the 11th hour for everybody yep you know
0: and what Congress is doing now in response uh the save our stages bill that is within the larger 900. 900- billion-dollar coronavirus appropriation would set aside $10 billion in grant funds for independent music venues. They basically, if you can demonstrate as an independent venue that you have lost significant revenue in the last year. It's not hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically, you you have to walk to Congress and just sort of pull out your pockets and watch the moths fly out, and then (laughs) they give you a grant, a two-part grant that can cover 45% of your 2019 revenue revenue followed by a supplemental grant in the next year that covers 50% of the original grant amount and one of the nice things that they did in this legislation we'll see how well it works in practice right but they've put a bunch of guardrails in place to make sure that live nation doesn't just take all this money mm-hmm. so that's
2: been the concern <laughs> with everybody that I've talked to they're like yeah 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 they're, they they passed the thing sure i'm not going to see a dime of this right because live nation took on a half a billion dollar investment at the top of at the in march or april and they have a lot of investors to pay, and they know how to lobby Congress and to work these kind of bills themselves. Uh, the uh, the word around all the venues and venue owners I know is we are pessimistic pessimistically
0: optimistic. <laughs> I <laughs> liked that, and I don't blame them. And and obviously, a law is only is as good as how well it's implemented and enforced. But they have written some things in the law that they hope will prevent. People, you know, companies that don't need this money from getting it and making sure it all flows to truly independent venues. They've they have things in place where if your venue is owned by or is owned by something that is owned by a large organization that owns multiple venues or is traded on the Fortune Five or uh, the you know on a publicly traded company type thing, uh, then you then you aren't eligible for these grant funds. Basically, they want to make sure that any organization that's capable of getting financing fairly, fairly easily, you know, by just you know going to banks and things like that, as large Fortune 500 companies are able to do, won't be able to take advantage of this law, and that it actually goes to legitimate, independent venues. Now, we'll see how well that works in practice, but that's certainly the hope.
2: I can tell you um, uh, that there are a handful of independent, independently owned venues in Dallas that have exclusive booking rights with Live Nation. Mm-hmm. So Live Nation is going to get theirs regardless somehow. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, pessimistic, pessimistically optimistic. optimistic. It's the best I could do.
0: And it wouldn't be the first time that independent musicians sort of get shafted by any sort of entertainment-related legislation because this group, your group, doesn't have lobbyists that go to Washington, right? You know, you have major, you have major lobbying groups. You have the RIAA. You have the music business uh association you have the national association of music publishers i'm pretty sure i'm messing up the order of those words but those you know and and those are supposed to speak for all publishers right but they tend to focus a little more on the needs of big content creators and big ip owners and so a lot of indie artists and indie venues fall by the wayside And hopefully this law uh, doesn't create a problem for you guys but your pessimistic optimism is certainly understandable (laughs) Yeah. All right. Look, so a couple of things in this bill that I don't think you guys know about, but, you know, you you have maybe varying degrees of interest in. They have changed it where the they are providing the law provides for a one hundred dollar weekly benefit uh, in terms of unemployment benefits for mixed earners, an extra hundred dollars weekly unemployment benefits. So basically what happened in the old CARES Act?
2: I'm I'm white as hell. I'm screwed.
0: (laughs) Wait for it. (laughs) I, I haven't had a chance to really use the room shot the last few episodes. I don't know why I'm not surprised. But anyway, <laughs> but I feel like we're going to wear it out. So a mixed earner, not in, in another way of I, I just imagine, roasted you, dude. <laughs> a, a mixed earner is a person who earns income both as an employee, W-2, but mm-hmm. also 1099, as many of us do. We all have our side hustles these days.
2: Um, Is it only people that definitely have a W-2? Uh,
0: well, in this case, yes, because... What was happening was a lot of the folks who who get the two checks uh, were being disqualified from the additional unemployment assistance under the CARES Act because of that other kind, because they had both forms of income.
2: <clears throat> that makes sense. So they have the side hustle that they get taxed on. Um, does that coin? Does that count for married filing jointly? <laughs> I, haven't, I personally I haven't seen a 2 Actually, I, I got one the first year we lived in Texas, because one of the venues I worked at made me get mm-hmm. one. But other than that, I haven't seen a W-2 in my name in a decade. Ooh, look at I've Boss, been freelancing over from, here. I don't know, I, but I, married, filing jointly. <laughs> uh, squeak. Well, at least I got W-2s. <laughs> it,
0: it'll, it'll be interesting to see, again, how it gets implemented, and all these things have to go through the IRS, and who knows how they interpret the laws. But hopefully it'll catch more of these independent musicians who have a W two gig, but also make a lot of money on the side as performers, and they can get extra unemployment benefits from the government because the co you know obviously because independent venues are shutting down, a lot of musicians are missing out on the same sort of freelancing income that they had pre COVID. And so, yeah, a hundred bucks a week
2: be... is about what we would usually get paid on our <laughs> gigs anyway. <That's>
0: not bad. <laughs> Certainly in Miami. Wait, triple digits?
2: Triple? <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> one day my bank account's going to bank account's going to have a comma.
0: Whoa. 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 A couple other pieces in the law that are more related to Copyright Act or Copyright Law. Hey, here we go. Less exciting for independent musicians, but I think still important. One is the creation of the Copyright Alternative and Small Claims Enforcement, or Case Act. I think we've talked about this on the show with you guys before. Basically, this law is going to create a small claims administrative copyright court for infringements less than $30,000 that can handle basically small copyright cases. So a lot of times, let's say somebody steals your work as an artist, right? You know, some big company or somebody, and you're not going to take them to federal court, which is where you have to take a copyright infringement suit because you got to hire a lawyer, you got to go to the courthouse, fed court's expensive, it's a complicated procedure. So you're very unlikely for a small level infringement to get relief. And so what this law aims to do is create a small claims procedure. You can do the hearings over video conference and work out a way for small level infringement suits to get relief more quickly without having to spend a lot of money. And that's what this and so this law is meant to help independent musicians. And hopefully it does. I'm a little concerned, and certainly we had we've had guests on the program in the past who have said very glowing things about the act. We had Porsche Sabin, the former Kill Rock Stars president, who now is the head of the Music Business Association singing the praises of the case act, obviously, because she represents creators. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical of it. I think it may help some creators. I also think it's going to be weaponized by stock photo companies
1: Ooh. that uh,
0: basically will just send a bunch of people to small claims court and uh, extract a lot of money from people. But
1: mm.
0: you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it works in practice. And I do appreciate that Congress is trying to create a copyright enforcement system that's a little more easier to manage than federal court, which is a very, you know, it's very hard. I mean, it's literally, you literally have to make a federal case out of it if you, uh, if somebody infringes your copyright, that's. You
2: got to pay the lawyers unless you just know one that you do podcasts with. Yeah.
1: So. I mean, beyond, beyond sort of the music industry, I guess, but also related because merch is merch, right? You yeah. know, if if you're a content creator. Like, could that be something that someone is like, hey, somebody ripped off my design and is selling it on Redbubble kind of thing? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that would kind of make that process a little bit easier for folks.
0: Absolutely. That's the idea behind it, right? Is Hmm. because, you know, if you're any kind of, it's not just musicians, obviously, who would theoretically benefit from the case act. Anybody who's creating any sort of creative work of authorship. Like if you, if, yeah, if you, as you were saying, Elisa, if somebody, makes cool pictures and puts them on their website and somebody says, oh, that looks really neat. I'm going to make a T-shirt out of that and sell a bunch of the T-shirts. That's obviously copyright infringement. But if you are a poor artist, you might not have the resources to hire a lawyer and take that person to federal court, nor would a lawyer necessarily be interested in a small potatoes case like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. You're suing somebody for 10 or or like $300. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But at the same time on the flip side, it could be abused by like a stock photo company. That's just going to go after the poor, like science teacher in Peoria that like wanted to download this, like really nice picture of a science kit for the PowerPoint or something. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And as somebody who, by the way, works with teachers in my education practice, I'm a little concerned about that because teachers have a way of Google searching images (laughs) and then just putting them on their course materials because they don't know better because they think, oh, if it's on the Internet, it must be, you know, I must be able to use it. (laughs) Um, And the other thing about the Case Act is that it's an optional forum. So both sides have to agree to settle their disputes in this small claims court, and you can always opt out and demand a federal court case. Which I think they have to do or else it wouldn't be constitutional. But the other problem with that is, is that basically big, infri- like, you know, big companies that infringe your copyright, you're not going to get any justice with them. Because they're just going to say, no, I won't let you take me to small claims court. Mm-hmm. Good luck suing me in federal court. My even army if, but of no, lawyers will crush if I, you.
2: If I stole somebody's design and sold T-shirts, with it, I, even if I was a low-time offender, why, why would I ever
0: agree to go to court? The reason why you would use the smaller forum is because there is a damages cap. So, you uh. if if you go to the small claims court, the maximum damages I think is $30,000 whereas mm. opposed to in federal court, the damages could be as high as $150,000 per work infringed.
2: Okay. And uh. so
0: you're 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 willing to take the risk there of and plus like all the amount of money it costs to hire a lawyer to defend you. And so that that's at least the idea behind it. I in practice, I'm not sure how how frequently the case act is going to be used and implemented and of course if Trump pocket vetoes this, and this is all irrelevant anyway. <laughs> but but it, it'll be interesting. It's definitely the biggest shift in copyright law that we've seen since the Music Modernization Act was passed a couple of years ago, and before that, probably the biggest uh, shift in copyright law we've seen since probably the 1976 Act. So it's like yeah, for sure, a pretty big shift. Uh, the last thing they did was the protect lawful streaming act which would increase criminal penalties on uh, streaming uh, illegal oh my god all of my
1: content creator friends were freaking yes, yes, out yes. so protect hard lawful over streaming?
0: this Streaming? i
2: have no interest in that Ugh.
0: Yes. lies <laughs> well well but 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 wait here's but here's why okay cuz yes once this got announced, all the Twitch people freaked out. Oh, my God. Criminal penalties for illegal streaming? I'm going to get thrown in jail no, for, that's for playing a, a song on my Twitch stream. No. Thank you. Do you know why?
2: No. It doesn't behoove a big company to throw you in jail. But what it is, what it does mean is if you're playing a game that's very buggy, maybe a game that came out recently that's very buggy, and all of a sudden the, uh, the person who owns the copyright to that content says, you know what, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if we wanted you to stream this. And I we know we were cool with everybody always streaming things on Twitch because who gives a shit It's the Wild West out here. But um, no, we're shutting you down. And if you don't actually, uh, come, uh, I'm not good at words. If you don't agree to shut yourself down, we're just going to throw you in jail or here's a felony. Like, I think it's just going to be, uh it's just going to be a tool to bully small content creators on Twitch.
0: Bite your, bite your tongue. You are great with words. But the way that this, because of the concerns that a lot of folks in the creative community brought up because they were afraid that, basically we were gonna throw half of Twitch in jail with this uh streaming uh act. The law is being it was was drafted in such a way that this only applies to people who set up like illegal streaming services, right? We're going after basically we're going after the people who've set up an illegal stream to show the the Tyson Roy Jones ah. fight. Mm. And that you can kind of get on Twitter, but but individual streamers on Twitch would not be subject to this Pre- protect lawful streaming act and not no, their, no, their go behavior would be felonious.
2: What was the verbiage you used on on it, when you're setting up an outside when you use the Tyson example? You know what I mean? What's what's the difference there that's something illegal that you're streaming versus me playing a game that that just got taken off a Sony store? It's more going into um, the
0: people that are setting up illegal platforms. So it's it's more of an illegal uh, but, uh, platform uh, well, okay. thing versus but I, an individual streamer on a platform.
2: Okay, but I use OBS and that's a platform.
0: No, not not, not a not a platform to create a a platform to. Display. I'm just saying
2: that my my point is the legal minutiae that you're using right now could
0: be used to bone anybody. That's fair, actually. I don't yeah. I don't just dis- I don't uh I, don't I guess that.
1: Well, well, because I guess in your example, it's like someone setting up a way to stream the Tyson fight illegally. What if someone does that? on twitch
2: i'm sure it's already there well
1: well well but you know what i mean so like how does this new kind of thing affect that or does it well
0: at least the way the law was intended that those kind of behaviors where it's individuals on an existing platform that's not who they're going after with criminal Mm -hmm. penalties this is setting up illegal platforms where where you're streaming illegal activity off of it
2: so this would have gone after Napster and Kazaha and Lime more, and stuff like more that. More
0: like that, right? This isn't, this isn't back in the 90s. Remember this when the RIAA went after that grandma... Yeah. She had it coming. <laughs> you know, and, and tried to take <laughs> her to...
1: Downloading, like, you know, Dave Matthews' band, <laughs> Gin and juicemp 3wave
2: <laughs> That band is not Dave Matthews. It's not String Cheese Incident. It's a band called The
0: Gourds, and they're back on tour again. But
1: that's oh. how you know. Real ones know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I learned that this year. <laughs> one last thing of note is that one measure that was excluded from the final package, it didn't make it, was the HITS Act, which was actually a pretty nifty piece of tax law that had it passed would have made it easier for musicians and producers to deduct up to $150,000 in recording expenses on their taxes for recording projects in the year that they were incurred. So for the most part, when you are spending a lot of money and capital on a recording project, the tax law normally requires you to amortize that expense across the life of the sound recording. Which is different from what you can do in the movie business and the uh, film and the TV business where you can deduct all those expenses in a year. And so they tried to create something similar for the music industry, but it didn't pass. But we're hoping that it'll pass later.
1: I mean, if only because I I always like a piece of legislation that has a cute acronym, you know, like that's that's I mean... I have a soft spot in my heart for that.
0: You joke, but when I interned in the Senate, I can't tell you how much time we all spent around a room trying to <laughs> shoehorn acronyms into names of legislation so that it would spell out the word freedom or justice. Because oh my if God. you can make it spell out a word like freedom or justice or bald eagle act or something, like you already got like your first third of the votes that you needed. Because <laughs> who's going to vote against the freedom or justice act? And so, and, you know, ca- the case act isn't as exciting, right? But uh, the Man. hits act for the music industry, heck yeah. Hey. But but again, then again, this was a great conversation, but we might all be so moot wait. by the time this episode goes out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like, like we, we
1: can bill. speculate all we want, but I'm just going to be like, I'm still going to be here trying to not play music games on Twitch, but doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but deleting the VOD.
0: Yes. Delete the VOD. Hashtag delete the VOD if you have if you have uh, if you're streaming music. That's a whole other conversation. Oh my which god. We need to do in 2021. We're gonna do that episode. Yes. About I have <laughs> questions. Yes. We have yes. Absolutely. And
1: questions, comments, and concerns.
0: And so here's what I want to announce that I think is going to fit in perfectly with what you guys brought up because there are a lot Come of on, questions Segways. about music on Twitch. And how can I stream the right way on Twitch and stay within the law? And what can I just do to be a better streamer, et cetera, et cetera? So what we are announcing in 2021, the Break the Business podcast is going to be going live on Twitch every <laughs>
2: week.
0: Yes. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's all the fanfare deserves. The kind of
2: high-quality production value you've come to expect. It's Absolutely. To yeah. Yes. More,
0: more of that, but now live. And I'm excited for this. I'm frightened by this. I've never mm. done this live before, but it's just occurred to me over the last few months that the people who, like all the people that I want to reach with this info, you are all are on Twitch now. You don't listen to podcasts anymore. <laughs> That's not true. You're all checking <laughs> whenever out the I'm live driving. Streams. I'm listening to well, yeah.
1: podcasts. Driving just don't have a lot of places to drive to nowadays. Yeah. It's all.
0: But no, I told you, taking... Texas is open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic is still bad. That's so on brand for Texas, by the I know. way. No. But, the, but, people, but also the artists that I'm trying to reach are doing things on live stream now, especially mm-hmm. with the COVID pandemic. All of a sudden, everybody's in the live streaming business now.
2: Everybody got real good, real fast. Yep.
0: Yeah, And so I want to reach artists where they are. So what we're going to be doing in 2021, and I'll tell you, it's probably going to be late January, February, March-ish because we're still putting the equipment together. But we will announce it, but we are going to, here's what this is going to look like. We are going to have the same weekly podcast, but we will do it live on Twitch and probably some of the other streaming platforms too, based on what we're sketching out. But Twitch is really going to be the focus because that's where the creators really are that we want to kind of get to. And we also want to, and so it'll be live and then we'll still have the podcast. So for those of you who are like, no, my podcast, we'll still create a podcast version of it. But we also want to make it live and what I really want to do guys is Aww. I want to get back to the old format of the podcast. I miss, mm-hmm. I miss the conversations. I miss the long episodes. I miss talking to you guys about the industry and talking to Dave about the industry and just goofing around and not taking everything so seriously. And, and don't get me wrong. The last couple of years for the podcast, I've met a lot of great uh, guests and we've networked and it's been cool. And, and the listeners have learned a lot, but and I still want to, and we're still gonna have those interviews, by the way. Don't worry. We're still gonna have all the guests and all that stuff, but we're gonna have fun too. I wanna to, you know, I wanna to talk to folks like Evan and Elisa who are much funnier and more interesting than I am, and I wanna sort of draft off their wind. I don't know if I'm using the cycling term correctly there, <laughs> off of their funny to make all this content more interesting.
1: You're just gonna go a quarter mile at a time, baby. That's right.
0: And and so we, we will We need to stop. Yeah. But we're going to package all of it into a live program that goes out over live stream, and I'm really excited for it. I'm also frightened for it. Like, oh no, this is going to be fun. Live ammo, I don't know.
2: I want to stream Madden and talk about IP law. Yo,
0: yes. that's. A, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot. That's the other thing I want to do too. Is not just reach people with the podcast with the regular show, which we'll still do on a weekly basis, but. I want to take advantage of the other things that the streaming platform provides, like playing video games and talking to Evan about the entertainment business and streaming and, and doing the just chatting feature. And maybe, mm-hmm. so maybe instead of just doing an episode every week, I mean, we'll always do the episode, but in addition to the episode, I might just bring on somebody where we just, me and that person just chat and take questions from the chat from people. And it's not as organized and polished, not that this is particularly organized and polished, but <laughs> not as organized it's and makes polished, it fun. more low key, and it's more fun. Right. Yeah. And. We wanna expand the footprint. We wanna just greatly dilute what we're doing here, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but multiple more... verticals. <laughs> but yeah, more than anything, yeah. We wanna reach more people where they are, do more stuff with this live streaming thing we keep hearing about, and uh just take up a lot more of my time in the process and have no free time. Yay! So that's great. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm excited for it. I am and I'm glad that I'm talking to you guys because you guys have been live streaming for a lot longer. You 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 do it. You have a great thing that you guys are doing. You play music, you play video games. And so you know this world. What am I getting into?
1: Okay. So first hardware experiment. difficulties. Sorry. <laughs> One, hardware difficulties. <laughs> Two, if someone says poggers in the chat, that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> what is poggers?
1: <laughs> um Let's see. Uh, puppy cam when and yeah, you have to teach your dog
2: to sit in the same <laughs> spot whenever you're live and you put a camera on that spot and mm. people will give you money. Yep. And <laughs> that's not a joke.
1: <laughs> that is that is that is legitimately not a joke. That is not a joke. That is not a goof. Um, so 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 be prepared uh, to to become a stage dad and exploit your
0: dog <laughs> for Twitch stardom. I'm not above exploiting my dog for artum. My dog is far more popular on Twitter than I am. I will tweet something about copyright law, get like two likes. I'll take a picture of my dog doing literally anything and get 20 times as many likes. And that's just the way: You the just world.
1: have to basically, what you do is you is you say your thing in the copy of the tweet, and then at the just make sure you have enough characters left to say, "Thank you for reading." Now I'm going to pay the Molly tax. (laughs) And then you just put the picture there. And then you just attach the Molly picture to (laughs) the actual tweet. And then hopefully, I don't know.
2: Also, if you named your dog after the drug, you'd get more likes
0: and stuff. Mm. on it. How how do you know I didn't? That's because I know you, right? That's (laughs) accurate. Fair. Fair. You know how you know I didn't name my (laughs) dog after the drug Molly? Because I spent four years in college with my friends and my political science major, trying to come up with the words that sound dirty in Congress, but aren't.
2: Who has time for Molly when you're doing all That's that?
0: That's right. <laughs> we were clearly doing far more interesting, mind-altering things when we were in college. Like caucus. and
1: Oh,
0: God. Majority. Yeah.
1: I'm so glad that we are like the elder millennial variety that was like just at the cusp of not being extremely online during undergrad because God.
0: <laughs> okay, here's the other thing I'm afraid about with streaming. I'm glad you brought this up, Elisa. Are we too old to be cool on this? No, no. no. It's actually wait, no. it's
2: the, the coolest thing you can do is not be cool at all.
0: We're 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 which makes too us exceptionally to... cool,
2: and at the same time, we're the too least old cool.
0: to be cool on TikTok. That's I'm just saying, difference. like, because I've seen the way that millennials get dunked on on TikTok. They talk about us like we are that last scene in that Matt Damon gif where he's he's just like withering away and becoming (laughs) an old man. They see us as like the final stage of that Matt Damon gif, Mm -hmm. these young people. And we're like, what, 10, 15 years older than they are? And so I'm afraid that if I'm getting into the streaming world, that's they're like, oh, look, look at this grandpa trying to talk to us about TikTok like he knows anything about this crap. I
2: mean, I don't give a crap about TikTok.
0: It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I am am heavily
1: on there though. I am heavily on there. I think, I think the key is to approach it. Like for example, actually a a great millennial follow on TikTok is Hank green. (laughs) He's like absolutely embracing the platform. Once you, and and this is me not taking my own advice um, and hopefully everybody else will. It's like, once you, once you find your niche and fill it, age is irrelevant. At that point, um, and I think especially if you own the fact that you have those extra 15 years of experience with which you can save these kids from themselves <laughs> with useful knowledge, um, and then that is kind of the energy that you can bring to, to the platform. Because if I would rather you be on Twitch with like actual degrees and stuff on your wall... <laughs> Then, you know, someone else that maybe, like, is 19 years old and maybe has, like, a, you know, sick motion graphics and stuff, but is just completely talking out of their ass. You know what I mean? So, things like, please, if it's on you're the internet,
0: necessary. you just use please any Please come picture. to the platform. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll see us as, like, the cool big brothers and big sisters. Uh, also,
2: these kids ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, I said it.
1: I do. I do believe um, a a, a very wise philosopher once said, fuck them kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need them kids.
2: (laughs) Not the ones that are complaining that I'm old. (laughs) Bitch, you round 30 and tell me how your knees feel.
0: It comes quick.
2: it does it does does. does. i mean
0: i mean literally overnight i i remember like the way my body felt at 29 and the way it felt at 30 something happens at 30 it just Mm -hmm. happens yep i mean yeah i remember i turned 30 and went to go play flag football with some friends a week after my 30th birthday i couldn't walk for three weeks
2: i played volleyball with you and a and a famous artist oh Did yeah you remember this day oh, and i like <laughs> i couldn't walk i had a gig that night i had to miss because i played volleyball for 30 minutes <laughs> wait a minute
0: that wasn't even my 30th birthday <laughs> i well it was closer <gasps> to mine i mean oh, i was about to say okay that's fair i was about to say yeah probably like my 27th or 28th birthday i remember we were playing volleyball with a uh, latin music star Wee.
2: yeah so yes. incredibly
0: nice guy super nice dude and i really enjoyed wait, that you, until i couldn't really walk at night? the end of it that was no a reason. pretty gentle game of beach volleyball you walked I out know. of hobbling <laughs>
1: What's really cute is that you are talking about like doing activities when, like, you could just straight up sleep wrong. Yeah. And then Appendous.
2: wake up. <laughs> Lisa, like, grabbed my a- arm the there today. She's <laughs> like, I'm, I have appendicitis. My appendix burst. I'm dying. And they like, I go, okay, all right, let's Wikipedia. It, let's Google this. WebMD it. Let's figure it out. You know what it was, right? It was you know scared. what it was? What was, Her was it? Her back hurt. It was just lower back pain. For the first time ever. It was ever. just
1: lower back pain. That like, yeah, you're in your
2: 30s. That happens. I've had back pain for 20 years. I can tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just you just typed you just typed the symptoms into WebMD and it just said you're old you're oh, old it's, it's we like don't I don't fix these anymore I know we're WebMD and we tell you everything is cancer but in this one instance you're, you're just the old. one person instance. who
2: doesn't have cancer
0: yeah. <laughs> but you also don't have appendicitis just, you're just old
2: Just do some yoga
1: and get up off the couch for like two seconds lady
0: <laughs> Are you listening young people this is right around the corner for you I know. you're cool now I get it. It's fleeting. Oh, <laughs> man. That being said, we're excited to hang out with you guys. On
2: <laughs> <the Twitter laughs> like and subscribe to the break. The- like hey, you already squat on those channels yet, dude?
0: No, I hey, probably should. If you you're listening should do right that now, before don't you steal this up. my channels.
2: <laughs> you need to, boy. <laughs> <laughs> if gonna go you get it don't. <laughs> I'm going to go get it and
0: sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put like underscores after each one. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> bullshit, <laughs> I'm taking your underscores too.
1: Let this be a lesson to you. Whenever you have opportunities on new platforms, make sure that you secure your branding across all available things.
0: Ding. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Th- what a great way to close 2020, this god-awful back dumpster pain. fire, <laughs> Elisa's back pain of a year. Oh. But I'm happy My to broken body share yaddy it yaddy with yaddy yaddy you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to be Sentimental.
2: 2020 doesn't give a shit shouldn't about have invited us then
0: <laughs> that's fair uh, but i am grateful to you too i'm grateful to all the listeners for hanging with us for we do this for like five years now but well, th- also thank you for explaining the uh the four
2: things in that build yeah you know happy to help this is i only of- knew of one of them and that's because i'm
0: like very close to one of them but yeah.
1: Yeah, I only knew the other one because everybody else was freaking out about
0: it. And none of them else, none of them passed, so who cares? Yeah. That's right, and all of them are going to get pocket vetoed. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in 2021, and like a couple months after that, we'll figure out the streaming thing, and it's going to be great. Thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast. We'll see you next year.